what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. internet travelers and welcome to experiment number two in of the before and after show yeah in the before and after show experiments and i think we're gonna call this one on assignment and okay. you'll see why in in a minute yes but um <clears throat> if you guys liked the second <laughs> chances experiment please let us know uh, before and after show at gmail.com uh, yep at before and after pod on twitter yep like us on facebook facebook like us on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys know how to get a hold talk of us. Talk to us. Please yeah. talk to Please us. Please talk to us. Let us know what you I'm think. I'm dying about. of loneliness <laughs> on the inside. Please talk to no. Um So, yeah, you guys uh, you guys are the ones who, who basically control these formats a little bit. Yes. If you, if you want to. You and, can have the power. Yes. So let us know what you thought about that. Let us know what you think about this new format we're experimenting with. Yeah. If this is your first experiment you're turning in for, what we're doing is just kind of playing around with how this show works. Yeah. Not on any sort <laughs> of a permanent basis. On more of a January and February are filmic wastelands in the Cineplex. Yes. So basically until batman superman comes out we'll be playing around with yes. the format of of the show and maybe even a little bit after that um mm-hmm. up through march may up through oh, okay. may up, like up through probably may. um until civil war comes out yeah so yeah but before we get into what this new format entails and and what we're doing on assignment yes um have you been watching anything this week i honestly have kind of had a dry movie week um been watching like some some tv shows and stuff just on netflix i mean my wife and i love parks and rec and so recently Mm -hmm. they put the last the seventh season of parks and rec on netflix which we did watch when it like was on tv and stuff but it was just fun to like watch it again i i love parks and rec it's probably up there as like my favorite tv show wow really yeah wow it's just man just the characters are so lovable and i mean i really love the office too and it kind of has some of those vibes but it's just like i don't know just somehow it just kind of transcends it a little bit but i still love the office um so but yeah that's kind of mainly what we've been watching i like i said just kind of been in like a movie drought here so yeah i understand i (laughs) watched the movie We'll talk about later. Oh, okay. But we'll talk about that later. Um, we've been watching a handful of TV shows. We started watching Mozart in the Jungle, which won the Golden Globe for Best Comedy Series this Yes. Past Golden Globes, which uh, it won and everyone went, what is that show? Yeah. I've never heard of that. And I hadn't either. I had seen um, ads for it on imdb and stuff because they were campaigning to get the golden globe but yeah i didn't really know what it was so we started watching it and it's basically it's about the new york philharmonic getting a new composer and the composer is 
not so subtly based on Dudamel from the L.A. Philharmonic, the guy oh, with the hair. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, it's like a blatant uh, oh. <laughs> portrayal of this guy. But he's like super experimental and like this weird quirky genius guy. And yeah. it's kind of about him being at odds with the higher ups who were, you know, more traditional as far as the way they look at the symphony and yeah. stuff like that. So that's kind of what it is. My wife is in that world much more than I am. Yeah. So it hits <laughs> almost too close to home for her. <laughs> so it, it kind of gives her anxiety a little bit. The show <laughs> is... We're only in season one, and it won the Golden Globe for season two. Yeah. It's not that funny. It's not a bad show. Like, it's an interesting yeah. show, and the characters are um, mostly compelling. But the show doesn't have a lot of jokes in it. And yeah. it's not funny. I think it might be, f- f- quote, funnier the closer you are to that world. I'm very tangentially connected to it through my wife but as far as it beating out silicon valley i fundamentally disagree (laughs) so far i silicon valley is my favorite comedy on television right now i think that Mm -hmm. show is incredible and it just is not nearly as funny and it's not nearly as um inclusive i feel like i think and not in like a diversity sort of way in a bringing you into the world and helping mm-hmm. you understand yeah. it so you get those jokes. Silicon Valley, like, treats you like you're not part of that world. So they do a lot of over-explaining, which yeah. is good and bad. Mozart in the Jungle does no explaining. So it's they like... basically assume you know how those worlds <laughs> So if work. you don't have the hooks already, it's like, you're kind of like, uh, I'm gonna miss all these jokes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Silicon Valley very much facilitates that. Mm-hmm. And the character interactions aren't necessarily predicated on you knowing how to code in Java or yeah. whatever. Um, whereas a lot of the jokes are very musical yeah. in Mozart in the Jungle. So. I'd probably like that show a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'd you, probably enjoy it a lot too. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a fine show. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why it won the Golden Globe. Yeah. And we've also been watching Superstore. I don't oh, yeah. You guys have talked to me about that. I it's need to really watch that. It's really fun. It's, uh, it's not particularly heady or deep but it's real easy to watch is it like community ish is it like office parks and rec ish it's not it's more traditional sitcom than community it's not as weird yeah i think they put a lot of really good improv people okay in the roles and so they're really really good characters yeah so the characters are really funny and they they get a lot of, like, funny interactions. The, mm-hmm. the stories themselves are pretty basic yeah. um, sitcom stories, but the characters are really fun to spend time with. So okay. That's what I like about it. Yeah. And then we've been watching this cartoon called Steven Universe. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't, but I know it's a it's a big thing. You should watch it. It's pretty funny. Is, uh, it, like, uh, is it, like, kind of an amalgamation of, like, nerd culture or is it like what so it's about this kid named steven yeah universe oh his mother was part of this super heroine group called the crystal gems and she died mm-hmm. and when you die your offspring gets your gem so he got his mother's gem yeah and it's in it planted in his belly button so instead of a belly button he's got a little oh. red gem and it's about these three, him, <clears throat> him living with these three other crystal gem heroines and learning how to use his powers from them. Yeah. And 
he's got like his dad who works a car wash. His dad is not magical, like not a magical being. So he's just like a guy who yeah. works in a car wash. He kind of looks like Homer Simpson. Oh. And uh, yeah, just kind of him like learning about life lessons through that. Yeah. Basically, um, it's really adorable and really entertaining. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but it's not Adventure Time weird. Yeah. It's a little more earnest <laughs> in its weirdness, I think. Um, I'm not a super big fan of the Adventure Time weirdness. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, Steven Universe is a lot more heart to it. And uh, so I like that. But one of the episodes we watched yesterday, he found out that his he one of his abilities is that he could shapeshift oh and so he was he saw someone else he saw someone else on the team change into a cat yeah and he was like i want to learn how to do that so he tried she tried teaching him and he tried doing it but he turned his finger into a cat so oh it was just like a little cat head on his finger on his finger but then he figured it was lonely so he turned all of his fingers into cats oh so they were like it, the episode was called cat fingers oh um and it was like hilarious it was really really funny that sounds funny. Yeah, and the episode <laughs> before that was about... There was this one gym that they had that they were, like, collecting all the shards for. Mm-hmm. And if you put it in a... If you put one of the shards in, like, a piece of clothing, it came to life. And so his local hangout is a, a french fry shop on the beachfront. Yeah. And his friend was, like, being the mascot, like, in the french fry suit. Yeah. And he was like, I don't really want to do this. And he was like, I have an idea. And so they put the gem shard in the suit. And it came to life, but then it turned evil. And oh. it was the creepiest thing I've ever seen. In <laughs> it was horrifying. You're it like, was how so... is this on TV? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, there's a part where it gets stabbed in the eyeball. Oh. And it just, like, bleeds ketchup everywhere. But, like, a ridiculous amount of ketchup shoots out of this thing's eye. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was insane. It was, oh. it got real weird. That's a really weird episode of the show. But it's really like, there's a lot of heart to it. And yeah. Steven himself as a character is really likable and adorable. So it kind of offsets this weirdness with its earnestness. Okay. And I like that about it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not a lot of tongue in cheek. It's really kind of innocent and like bright eyed. Yeah. Look at the world. And it's like really refreshing to kind of see that in children's entertainment. Because I feel like a lot of it is kind of cynical nowadays yeah so i don't know it's really it's really easy to watch a bunch of them too because they're like 11 minutes long oh, okay yeah so yeah it's it's a solid show oh okay cool yep uh but yeah we haven't really watched any movies this week it's been hard to watch movies yeah yeah so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back to explain to you what on assignment means yes Yes. So this second experiment that we're calling On Assignment <laughs> is called On Assignment because each of us is going to assign the other person a film to go watch mm -hmm. between this week and next week. So yes. next week you'll hear what the person who had to watch the movie thought about the movie that was assigned to them yes. and vice versa. So Corey, do you want to start off or do you want me to start? Uh... I'll let you start because I am excited and anticipating and MJ has hyped this up for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this. So I, I was originally going to, I, I immediately knew what I wanted you to watch and that was Speed Racer. Yes. And then mm -hmm. I found out you hadn't seen Children of Men. Yep. 
or something. I don't remember what the third one was. Um, I'm blanking, but yeah. Yeah, and so I kind of... Oh, Inception. Oh, yes, yes. Because you've never seen Inception somehow. I don't know how, but you haven't. I don't Um, know. I I checked out during, like, I I don't know know when it came out. Yeah, so it, it, uh, it was between those three for me, and... I really loved Inception when it came out. I've kind of cooled off on it now, but I think that movie is still for like if you're experiencing it for the first time, yeah, it's great. But I kind of nixed that one early on, so it came down to Speed Racer and Children of Men. Yeah, and I wanted you to watch Children of Men because that's one of my favorite movies of all time, and also you hate the third Harry Potter movie. Yes, and it is same director, the same director. So I thought about that one, and then I uh, just yesterday. I revisited Speed Racer to really... Because Children of Men I've seen so many times it's burned in my brain. Yeah. Speed Racer, it's been a while. And (laughs) you're watching Speed Racer, man. This movie is so good. Really? I loved it. I loved it so much. I already liked the movie quite a bit, but like with a lot of the knowledge that I have now... Yeah. About like the way film works, I'm... Oh, man. That movie is crazy ambitious really yes wow yes i i like but i also think there are two ways this is gonna go you're either gonna be like yes you were right about that or you're gonna be like why did you do this to me? <laughs> yes so first things first speed racer is two hours and 15 minutes long oh wow i cannot tell you why it's that long yeah i was just about to ask how did they make that that long <laughs> but it's that long so I know I'm not making a very good argument for it. Yeah. Um, but the reason I want you to watch it is because I think the first 15 minutes in particular is just, I mean, crazy good cinema. Yeah. It's just so well put together as far as it's so inventive and dense mm-hmm. as far as the way they let you know kind of the story so far like basically the entire history of all the characters yeah up to the point you meet them in the movie oh wow um and the way they do it is really inventive and cool second i'm not going to spell it out for you here but one of the things i want you to pay attention to is why speed racer is doing what he's doing what is his motivation because i think his motivation is really it's really cool yeah like i like i like his motivation in the movie um it's really relatable, I think, for me. Yeah. It, it just makes sense. And so there's that. And then kind of the other stuff that I want you to see is how they film the races. I know it's very CGI heavy. Yeah. It kind of looks like a cartoon. Keep in mind while you're watching it that the Wachowskis actually invented a camera with three lenses to film this movie. Oh, wow. Because they wanted it to look like <clears throat> a cartoon. And in a cartoon, everything is in focus all the time. Yeah. So they invented a camera that would make everything be in focus all the time. Wow. Yeah. So it looks crazy. Wow. I I remember when this movie came out, like, hearing a lot of negativity about it and just seeing commercials and just being like, wow, that looks really over the top and dumb. And, like, someone who has, like, not, like, tons of history with... <clears throat> The, you know, the animated show Speed Racer, like, you know, I've seen, I don't know, I've seen, like, maybe, like, a fair amount of them. I have no idea how long that show ran on the air, but, um, you know, I, I've seen a fair number of them, so I was just like, how are you going to adapt that to, like, a film that has any sort of substance? Um, 
So, and I have a general, like, sense of, like, who the characters are. So it will be very interesting to see yeah, this film. <laughs> as we were watching it yesterday, I was like, you know what? I remember hating this show as a kid. Really? I, I thought, thought it was, was so sweet. The Mach really? 5 and, like, the, really the cheesy song, like, here he comes, here comes Speed Racer. Oh, that's another thing I want you to pay attention yeah. to. The score to this movie is one of the best of the decade. Really? Hands down. Really? Hands down. It's a Michael Giacchino score, and it's before he decided that he wanted to be John Williams. Yeah. And so it's got, like, it's very, like, Giacchino. Yeah. Because, like, I think now Giacchino is just, like, it's, like, John Williams by way of Michael Giacchino. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like that as much. Yeah. But this is, like, this reminds me of, like, the incredible soundtrack that he did. Really? Yeah. It's incredible. Even from the opening, like, credits, basically. It's so good. Wow. Yep. Um, I didn't realize they got him for this movie. It was before he was, like, huge. Oh. He was just doing the music for Lost, and I think that's how they got him to do the music, is because Matthew Fox, who was on Lost, plays Racer X in the movie. Yeah. And so... I think he probably called in a favor, basically, to get Giacchino to score it. But man, is it good. Wow. It's fantastic, actually. Um, John Goodman's in it. (laughs) He plays Pops Racer. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he would fit that role. Yeah, he's great. He he looks a lot like Mario. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because he's got like a mustache and wears a red polo the whole movie. Who plays Trixie? Christina Ricci. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, Emile Hirsch plays Speed. Yeah. And uh, uh, Susan Sarandon, I think, plays Mom. Oh. Yep. And they have Chim Chim, Chim and Spriddle in there. They're they're the silliest part of the movie, and yeah. they get a lot of screen time, and they probably shouldn't. Oh. <laughs> they're kind of obnoxious, like... I would say if people are listening to this, they would probably put them on par with Jar Jar Binks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I, and I totally get that, but I think all the stuff with Speed and Racer X and, yeah. uh, and, and the, 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 like, adult in the Racer family are so good. Yeah. That it doesn't really matter. It's a really dense script, so, yeah. and they do not, do not, uh, slow it down or wait for you to catch up or explain it to you you have to be paying attention or else you will not know what's going on which yeah. is weird to say about the speed racer movie it feels very adult and it kind of shouldn't like everything i'm saying sounds <laughs> like it's probably a fault with the movie because it should have been a kid movie yeah and like it kind of feels like the movie's almost for nobody because it's got this like very dense like stock market business espionage plot yeah but then you have like spritle and chim chim like stowing away in the mach 5 and like going on candy heists and stuff and so it's just (laughs) kind of like what what's going on yeah here is this for but i think they kind of lean into the over the topness yeah and i think that helps like they (laughs) they're very aware that speed racers an over the top thing so they make it crazy over the top yeah so i think that's something to keep in mind is like are they honoring the tone of the show yeah and i think they are so i think they made the best speed racer movie they could have made it's just that no one wanted a speed racer movie yeah it's like where did this come from yeah but i oh man rewatching it yesterday i just think the the movie is 
crazy cinematic. Like, yeah. they do everything in their power to make you aware of the fact that you're watching a movie. Yeah. And I kind of liked that. Like, you know, in this world of, like, super grounded realism stuff, they were like, yeah. no, there's, like, <laughs> nothing wrong with knowing you're watching a movie. Yeah. And so I, I like that. I don't know. I think, I don't know where you stand with the Wachowskis, but mm-hmm. I think... At the very least, they're crazy ambitious. Yeah. And maybe in a, in a later episode, we could revisit the Matrix trilogy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I dislike those last two quite a bit. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. And, uh... Where did this come out? Um, I'm curious, chronologically. Like, was it within them making the Matrix movies? It was did... post-Matrix. Okay. I don't remember if it was pre-V for Vendetta or not. Yeah. This came out in 2008, which means it came... It opened the same month as Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and the same summer as Dark Knight. Oh, okay. I went so... to the midnight showing for this movie. Oh, because really? I went to every midnight showing that summer. That summer. Except for the Dark Knight. Um, so this came out three years after V for Vendetta. Okay. Um, Before, uh, what is it, Revelations, Matrix, or Reloaded, Matrix Reloaded, right? No, it's uh, V for Vendetta was after all the Matrix movies. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Reloaded and Revolutions came out in 2003. Oh, yeah. They came right. out within a few months of each other. So, yeah, this is five years after the Matrix trilogy had ended. But it predates Ninja Assassin, which I don't know if you saw. <laughs> I heard that was awful. Yeah, it wasn't good. But they only wrote that movie. They didn't direct it. Oh, okay. Although the guy who directed V for Vendetta directed Ninja Assassin, and V for Vendetta is great. So, yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> um, and then... It was also pre-Cloud Atlas, which is a movie I also love. But I wasn't going to make you sit through three hours and 12 minutes of Cloud Atlas. Is that the one with Tom Hanks? And Holly Berry, and Hugh Grant, and Hugo Weaving. And yeah, it's got a huge cast. The one that's like super convoluted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see that sometimes, but yeah. I, I love that movie. <laughs> I've only seen it once and I own it on Blu-ray because it's a commitment. But yep. I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really well done. But yeah, this movie kind of switches between timelines and yeah. doesn't really let you know when it's doing that. Oh, okay. So you just have to kind of be on top of it. And then the business stuff is super confusing. It's almost too realistic. Yeah. Um, but I would say that the story is kind of nonsense, but the characters are just so good and everyone's like really committed to it. Yeah. And they kind of know the movie they're making in the, not in the sense that they make themselves really over the top, but they make themselves really earnest in yeah. the midst of the stuff that's super over the top. Yeah. So it makes you buy into it a lot more. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I really, really enjoyed it, watching it again. Well, this is an interesting choice. I'm looking forward to actually watching this. And, like, I mean, even now as we've kind of been talking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see how, like, the Mach 5 and stuff could lend itself to a lot of just kind of, like, action sequences where it's like it's very clear you're watching a movie because yeah. like the Mach 5 can do all that crazy stuff yeah and, yeah yeah and it does all the crazy stuff the Mach 5 <laughs> does in the show like everything you want it to do it does and so I think they like really hit the speed racer beats they needed to hit yeah so yeah I I really really like this movie was it a well-received movie like critically no no it's got okay. a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes although um I do know two other people who love this movie as much as I do, and that is a former podcasting cohort, Josh McElwain. Uh, hi, Josh, if you're listening. I'm going to tag you in this so you will Hello. Listen. And former guest, Nick Crown. Nick Crown. Nick Crown loves this movie. As a matter of fact, I texted him, 
and was like, I'm going to make Corey watch Speed Racer this week. And he was like, oh man, if you need someone to come on and sing the praises of that movie, <laughs> let me know. All right. Yeah. So I'm one of three people that I know yeah. who actually love this movie. I hope to make it four. I watched it with my wife yesterday and she was like, I get it, but whatever. Oh. <laughs> Basically. She didn't outright hate it, but yeah. she didn't like... It's just kind of ambivalent. Yeah. Like, uh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Speed Racer, and that's what you're going to have to watch this week. Awesome. I'm excited. Like, the description has me excited, Good. too. I think I'm going to like it, but I we'll see. I hope you do. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so, for my pick now, as I <clears throat> grab the movie... So, I know, like, in the past, like, when MJ and I have talked that he likes to watch a lot of, like, documentaries. That's, mm -hmm. I know that's something that you do enjoy, like, seeing, like, oh, these, these kind of, like, these true stories that happened or, like, just following, like, how a group or a person, like, came to, you know, be where they are or whatever. Um, you know, and even films kind of like Bernie that are kind of like that half movie but half, like, documentary style I love um, that movie. Yeah, that movie is so good. I mean, yeah. like, we've talked about it before, but I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit again. <laughs> it, it has Jack Black, and it's just, he... Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah, McConaughey's in it. And, I mean, like, he's this funeral director, and it's kind of like this dark comedy, and he kind of inadvertently gets involved with this murder, and so you just... Oh, man, it's just so good. You just have to go see it. It's very different from, like other things Jack Black would do, but it's just, it's so good. Yeah. It's such a good movie. So I had all that type of stuff in mind when I was thinking, okay, like, what is a movie that I would want MJ to watch? Um, and so I had a couple choices, but I narrowed it down to my pick, which is the film Shattered Glass. Okay. Yes. Which, um, it's, it's kind of like a, a niche film that, you know, I hadn't heard of until... I was in college studying journalism, and that was kind of like my window into it, because the story of Shattered Glass follows this journalist who is like basically like a genius, and he rose to prominence writing for this really big, like, big-time magazine um, in the UK called The New Republic, and it kind of follows like his rise, and then ultimately like kind of his fall from grace, if you will, and you kind of see like he had a couple screws loose, but he was still brilliant in all of this. And so, um, I, I, I saw this movie, like I said, I had to watch it in college, and I just remember being like, wow, this is, this is really good, and it's very interesting, and it's kind of one of those things where you're watching, and you're like, how did this happen? Like, it's like a, I guess a train wreck, in the sense of like, it's so bad, but like, I can't look away, but, um... I just think the the writing, the filming is just it's really tight, um, and the acting is really good. Which and here comes the uh, <laughs> yeah, you kind of buried the lead on this. Yes, I kind of have to because I have to like get people interested in like you know it's like oh this guy sounds interesting. Okay, so here's the kicker though, <laughs> um, the the lead is played by a uh, a now infamous actor who had a couple movies that basically derailed his career. Um, and that would be Hayden Christensen. Man. Anakin Skywalker. Yes, um, indeed. I remember you handing me this DVD <laughs> case last week going, this is what I want you to watch. And I was like, what is this? And the first thing I noticed was that it was Hayden Christensen. And my direct quote was, what the hell are you making me watch? 
Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and that's what I thought, too, when, like, I had to watch this um, in my journalism class. I was like, Hayden Christensen, he was in other stuff besides Star Wars. He was in Jumper. He got work, like, after Star Wars, but this actually came out after he had filmed Attack of the Clones um, and before Revenge of the Sith um, came out. So this was kind of like his in-between film. Um, And as much as, like, you know, if you guys have listened and we talked about the prequels and my huge disdain for the prequels in general, Hayden Christensen, this is a role that he really fits. Um, And I don't know if, like, all the stuff with Anakin and the prequels was, like, a lot of the the green screen stuff, or, like, you know, we talked about, like, George Lucas as a director, like, his direction of the actors. But Hayden Christensen is really good in this movie. Um, Do you know the Rotten Tomatoes score on this movie? I I think it's fairly high, isn't it? 91%. Yeah. That's crazy. It it is a really good movie. And along with Hayden Christensen, it has some other notable actors in there, primarily Peter Sarsgaard, who the movie got a ton of critical acclaim, won a whole bunch of awards, like as him as like best supporting actor, like all a whole bunch of awards along those types of lines. And he does an incredible job. He plays um he plays the new kind of editor who has to step in. Because, like, the movie opens with, like, Hayden Christensen. His character is, like, recently hired. And the the main editor of the New Republic um, decides to retire or, like, he gets a better job offer. And so one of the other writers um, within the New Republic steps into the editor role. And so that's Peter, Sargar- Peter Sarsgaard's character. And he kind of has a lot of the opposition because everybody wanted that editor position. And so he's the kind of one who's in direct conflict with Hayden Christensen. And the first person who gets signs of like this trail of like, I don't know if these stories are real and like the, he doesn't think the pieces fit. And so it's a lot of like Hayden Christensen and like the whole team of the new Republic versus him because they're just kind of like you replaced you know, our favorite editor and all this stuff, and none of us really like you. We don't think you're that good. So it's just, he does a very good job, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is standout in this movie. There are some scenes where it's just, it's like, it gets really intense between him and Hayden Christensen, and, like, just the way that they're done, it's just so good. It's just like, Hayden Christensen, you are impressing me a ton. Like, it's so weird. And so seeing this, like, after I'd seen the prequels and stuff, I was just like, man, like, I hate to say it, but I feel like Hayden Christensen is, like, a good actor. Because, you know, a lot of people debate, obviously, about, like, oh, the prequels and whatever, and he wasn't that good. But he is good in this film. Um, And, like I said, I feel like the writing's really tight, and the story is just super interesting. You know, like, how could this guy basically like this brilliant guy get into this position where you know he he has it all he has the intelligence to have it all and he chooses this this path that's just gonna like you know make him lose everything and man it's just it's done so well i i I can't sing the praises of this movie enough i've showed it to my wife um when we were dating and she was kind of like 
what is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's definitely a movie where it's like, it, maybe it's not a movie for everybody, but I think if you kind of have interests in whether it be like journalism or you're just one of those people who tends to like more like documentaries or like stuff based on things that really happen, you're going to love this movie. So I looked up Billy Ray, who wrote and directed this movie. Yeah. And he's got more writing credits than he does directing credits. But he also, he wrote and directed a movie called Breach. I don't know if you've seen that movie or Mm -hmm. not. It's got Chris Cooper and I want to say Ryan Phillippe in it. Yeah. And it's about this super high level security breach in the CIA, I think. FBI. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he basically finds out that his boss is selling secrets to the Soviet Union. Yeah. And so it's this, like, cat and mouse game between Ryan Phillippe, the new guy on the squad, versus the super well-respected guy, Chris Cooper. Mm -hmm. But it's based on a true story. Yeah. So it actually happened. And I love that movie. It's really slow. And I actually... The first time I saw it, we rented it and watched it at a friend's house. Yeah. The second time I saw it, it was the in-flight movie on a flight from L.A. to Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. And it was the worst oh. in-flight movie <laughs> ever. Because it's really quiet and slow. And yeah. it's a lot of like psychological in-your-head stuff. And yeah. so it was just like not able to pay attention to it yeah. on a flight. But I saw it before that, and I love that movie. So... I'm really excited about it. He also wrote the screenplay for The Hunger Games mm-hmm. and Captain Phillips. Oh. Yep. So this guy is... Uh, he also wrote the movie Volcano. So they can't Never heard of that. With uh, Tommy Lee Jones? Nope. Oh, man. Volcano is terrible. I love that movie. Nope. Oh, man. That would be so ridiculous. Um, Dodged a bullet there, I guess. Tommy Lee Jones plays this guy, and there's like a volcano that erupts from the center of the L.A. tar pits. <sighs> what? Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. It came out around the same time as Dante's Peak. Oh, okay. Yep. So. Yep. Oh, man. Volcano's so stupid. Yeah, but, like, I guess to kind of close it, I think you're going to really... The strong points in this movie are, like I said, the writing, the dialogue. It's, like, it's very believable how things are shot because a lot of it takes place in, like, a news... You know, like, a newsroom, like, a magazine, um, kind of like an office where people would be doing lots of writing and editing. And just, they get the atmosphere right. Like, the, Mm -hmm. the shot composition is really good, so you just feel like you're right there. And the acting... I think, I mean, like, all those things, but the acting is just really good. I mean, even there's some other supporting characters who I don't, like, remember the actors off the top of my head, but everybody just does a really good job. And it's kind of like you were saying, it, um, it kind of starts slowly because you kind of get some of the backstory about, like, who Steven Glass is, like, Hayden Christensen's character, and then it kind of brings you into, like, okay, here, here's what's going on, like, currently at the mm-hmm. paper. So I think you're really going to like it. Yeah, also I'm noticing on the DVD, there's a 60 Minutes interview with the real guy. Yep. That sounds crazy intense. Yes, it is. It's kind of intense to watch and basically being like, this guy is a sociopath and yeah. Man, have you seen Nightcrawler? No, the one with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Mm-mm. This kind of seems like, I mean, it seems like Nightcrawler was kind of almost a riff on this. Yeah. Um, 
which it makes me kind of want to watch this and Nightcrawler this yeah. week because I haven't <laughs> seen it either. But I'm, I don't know, I'm pretty excited about this, I guess. I don't know, that... For a movie with Hayden Christian. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, I, I don't not believe you, but I, know, I, I kind I know. of it, it, don't believe you. It's weird for me to say these words and, like, to kind of defend him, like, and maybe it's the only type of acting he can do, but... They cast him like perfectly for this. It's so weird to be this it's kind so of like sociopath, like super smart, but like kind of whiny. Like, don't corner me, but I'm very good at manipulating people and situations, and it it just really works. Huh? Yeah, that's interesting. I yeah, I'm really excited for it. I'm expecting. I think I'm expecting to like this. It's got a really good supporting cast beyond Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, yeah. It's got Steve Zahn and Hank Azaria yeah. in it. And I like both those guys quite a bit. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, what am I expecting out of this movie? What are you expecting? <laughs> I'm expecting to like it. I'm expecting to be, like, really intrigued by it. Yeah. It's probably going to make me obsessed with this guy for at least a week. Yeah, it's going to be like, I need to know about Stephen Glass. Yeah. He's real. This happened. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a story that uh, that is right up my alley. Yeah. So... It gets really cool because all the details, like, I mean, it is a film, so it embellishes a little, but it stays pretty true to this. They, they had a... They had writers from the New Republic consult and oh, help cool. with the script. So there's a lot of stuff when they talk about... You see, like, Stephen Glass and the stories he wrote and, like, kind of how the things... There's things that aren't true about them. Like, all of that is, like, really accurate. Like, when yeah. he... So, it, I think you're going to really like those attention to details. Yeah, and I like... Um, it seems like this movie's a lot of talking. And I like dialogue that's, one, super well-written yeah. and two, shot well. Because I think yes. you can make dialogue as compelling as any action sequence out there. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this movie probably does that based on... I mean, on the, it, it has to, based yeah. on the subject material. Yeah, exactly. And there's, like, an inherent tenseness to it, but I think if it's directed well, then it can really amplify it. Yeah. I think Steve Jobs did that this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the reasons why I actually preferred it to the social network. Yeah. Um, Steve Jobs had a lot of the same kind of Aaron sorkin stuff yeah that the social network had but danny boyle is a much more flamboyant director than Mm -hmm. david fincher is yeah and that flamboyance that danny boyle is prone to led itself to like really intense like long dialogue scenes it's basically because the the movie is three 30 minute dialogue scenes so that's it man like that's all there is to that movie and it's so good it was one of my favorite movies of the year probably in my top 10 yeah but so this kind of seems like it's kind of along the same way Mm -hmm. i'm a little bit surprised aaron sorkin didn't write the script for this uh given how obsessed with this kind of stuff he is Mm -hmm. but if it's from the guy who wrote breach i'm pretty uh pretty excited peter sarsgaard won so many awards for this movie yes he did all right feel like it was just kind of a sleeper hit i'm a big fan of that guy yeah he's really good yeah so i don't i don't remember when this came out i mean like i said i didn't come across it until i was studying journalism in college and they had everybody watch it yeah so interesting so what are you expecting out of speed racer um i i'm expecting to i'm expecting to like it overall but i'm expecting kind of like over the top 
action, like you were saying, like, it's very, I'm going to be very aware I'm watching a film, but not in a way that is, like, a turnoff, I guess, you know? Yeah. It's not going to be like, I'm sitting through a Michael Bay film, and it's yeah, just, yeah. like, it's so chaotic that I can't even focus. But it's just going to be, like, it'll be fun and, like, inventive, and, like, you're talking about, like, just how, how they're going to move the camera a lot. I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, it's going to be kind of fun just to, like, revisit the Speed Racer characters, because, like I said, it's not, like, something that's near and dear to me, but I do have a little bit of history of, like, oh, I know who all, like, the characters are, and, mm -hmm. like, I watched it some, like, growing up as a kid. So it'll just be fun to see, like, oh, there's Speed and Racer X and Trixie and the Mach 5, and, like, yeah. you know, I'll probably be watching and be like, oh, yeah, like... The Mach 5 can do that thing, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah and there's the big desert race <laughs> mm -hmm. that they, I don't know if you remember the, uh, I don't remember what it was called, but. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but, but that's <clears throat> like, that's like in the movie, and so there's, a, I, I, there's enough, even for me, who wasn't a fan of it, <laughs> yeah. but who remembers a lot of it, it was, they, they got a lot of the reference points, like, totally right on, yeah. I feel like. Um. Plus, there is a great scene with ninjas. And oh. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Well, I will look out for that. But yeah, I just think overall I'm like expecting to like it. Yeah, I'm expecting <laughs> to like this too. Um, I feel like we kind of went outside the box with our, both of our choices. But yes. We weren't, <laughs> we weren't cruel about it. We were like, let's pick something the other person will like, but probably never would have watched in a yeah, million years. Yeah, like I don't think you would have... You probably would have never, like, considered a movie with Hayden Christensen to be any good. Not 100%. You're like, you look at this and it's like, how did these two actors coexist in the same film? Yeah. Oh, man, that's so weird. I, <laughs> like, I'm having a hard time getting past his face on the cover. We'll see. Like, once he gets into the character. But that works, that works to the movie's benefit because you're like, oh, Hayden Christensen, sometimes I don't like your face and... So you think that, like, part of, <laughs> there's, like, part of what makes the movie so good is he's so hateable as Anakin that it just carries over? Maybe. Maybe some of that, but, I mean... It's a weird argument, but I'll allow it, I guess. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, well, well I yeah. guess we'll find out next week. I don't have much to say other than, <laughs> all right, let's do this. Yeah, so, um, like we said... Like, email us, comment on Facebook. Um, yeah, if you guys have seen either of these movies, we'd love to hear some of your thoughts and comments on them. Speed Racer or Shattered Glass. Yeah. Um, yeah, like MJ said, you know, you can tweet us. At before and after pod. That's at before, the letter N, after pod. Yep. Comment on SoundCloud. Email us at, you know, before and after show at Gmail. And uh, until next time. Go watch... Something outside the box. Yes. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs>